0: Hey everybody, welcome to Losing Your Mind with Chris Cosentino. I'm your host, Chris Cosentino. We are here to talk about people that inspire. And all my guests are inspiring in so many different ways. And I'm really looking forward to digging deep into how they got to where they are, to the top of their game, how hard they've worked, how much they've given up, and how they're giving back. So without further ado, here's our next guest. Hey everybody, welcome to Losing Your Mind with Chris Cosentino. Today, I am with Katarina Nash, and for those of you who are not familiar, we're talking dual Olympian here. We're talking winter and summer, monster on the bike, monster on cross-country skis. I wonder, do you tele-ski or do you just cross-country ski? Is that question? There's that
1: question. Uh, I backcountry, so nice. not uh, never picked up tele-skis, but I definitely really, really enjoy backcountry, so yeah.
0: So. Kettering, you, the, I've I've been fortunate enough to ride with you. I know your history, um, and I think it's really interesting. You started in cross country ski racing, and you were seen at an event, and everybody said, "This woman's got a motor that can just power." How and like how did it all come from there? I mean, that's that, that's a pretty you know, you're talking totally different world jump, but it, it's, it's pretty amazing. And I've, I feel fortunate that I've been around to see it, you know, whether it be at sea otter or all these other events and, you know, watched you come whipping by me, like I'm standing still.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, uh, Chris country skiing is, it's such a good sport that it really builds that engine, you know, it's, uh, the racing is anywhere from 15 minutes to an hour and a half and you train for that high intensity from very young age. So a lot of their, a lot of the racing at the young age, it's really more 15 minutes to 45 minutes. So we're talking like that top and, you know, high speed, uh, Using every single muscle there is in the body while cross country skiing. So, yeah, the, the heart gets to work pretty hard. And uh, I don't know, I just, I'm just thankful that I was a cross country skier because I think it just gave me a, a lot of skills, like whether it's having a good engine, but it's also good balance, kind of having a strong upper body and legs and <laughs> and there's technique obviously you know you can just like mouth making, you can you can win it on the downhill but you can also lose it on the downhill so to speak so I always enjoy the sports that don't only involve the fitness like a little bit of technique and tactics and those kind of things are pretty fun so uh, yeah. And as a cross country skiers, we, you know, we don't, we don't stay on the snow all year. So there's a lot of summer training off season. Uh, and obviously, bikes were always a big part of that. And uh, eventually, I just made my transition into cycling full time in my uh, 20s. And yeah, it's been, it's been a good switch. I definitely enjoy combining uh, both the sports in my uh,
0: athletic career. So you with Luna originally, right? And, you know, you were mountain biking when, did, had you dabbled in cross before? Was it something that you were looking at? Did you want to do that? Did you, or did you just prefer to ride a mountain bike? I mean, there's, there's so <laughs> many disciplines now and on the bike, it just gives you this outlet to play, right? You know, and what was what, what did you want to dabble in first or was it just, did you want all of it at once?
1: So when I was born there, there weren't mountain bikes back then. So I got, um, I sort of got into the sport uh, as a teenager and that's how um, that, I mean, when I signed with Luna, I was a, I was a, well, I was actually a skier, but I dabbed in mountain biking and, uh, and I wanted to, to be a mountain biker. That was the goal. I was kind of done with skiing and I really wanted to make that transition into um, mountain biking. And I did. Thank, thanks to Cliff Bar and their support. So I put in put in some good time on the mountain bike. And then, um, you know, once again, when I when I was growing up in Europe, there was not women's cyclocross. There was, there was mountain biking, there's road racing, but the women's cyclocross came in a little bit later and I didn't actually realize there was the option, which is funny because I come from uh, Czech Republic, which uh, used to be like one of those cyclocross powerhouses you know and so it's funny because i was quite familiar with the sport and with the stars of the sport and we had races on tv every weekend but the women's racing so it's it's kind of funny to watch the new generation because they had like junior races and they have u23 and they had this and that and here i am almost in my 30s heading to cyclocross race for (laughs) for the very first time and uh I, I I like to say the story that the, the reason why I tried cyclocross is my former teammate Georgia Gold, who was ar- already racing cyclocross and kind of encouraged me when she joined Luna to, to come and try. And I I've been really big fan of that cycling discipline ever since.
0: I mean, it's been fun to watch. I've definitely seen it. <laughs> <laughs> it's and you know, you you've been doing so many different things, and you know, you just had this injury this past year. And you, you said that when you went to do BWR, that was something that was the longest race you'd ever done. Is that, is that, am I hearing that correctly?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I haven't really done that many long rides. Cliff Bar, uh, does their annual Epiphany ride, which the first few editions were 150 miles. And I remember just taking a all day long because there's like stops along the way with food and you know you finish with delicious dinner and, and so um but even just getting through that I was kind of intimidating because like I mentioned earlier I come from that like much shorter, much intense world than my training kind of reflected that racing, you know. So I've you know probably longest rides would be five hours. Right. So like racing for seven, eight hours is like, this is, this is long. And if somebody should be ready for it, it's, it's me because I've been doing this for a really long time, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm still kind of learning about the, the long distance and, and it continues to intimidate me. And I think the reason is because like, I am not very like, I mean, I try to do better job, but I'm not very robotic, you know, like I'm more just like race it versus pace it and all the long distance it's, you can, you can do one wrong move. You know, you have to pace it right. You have to eat right. You have to drink enough, you know, and cyclocross, we don't do any of that. Like you just go out until you blow out and you don't, you know, and hopefully that's at the end of the race, but, um, uh, The events got a little bit longer now, but when I started cross, it really was in that 35 to 45 minutes window and you just, you just go out, you know, and so that's, that's how I race. So the, the long distance it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's learning, it's learning curve for me, but that's also what's so cool about cycling that I can be, you know, professional rider for 20 years and still learn new things.
0: I mean, you just you just mentioned something that's really interesting. You know, you're talking about the cross and it being a really short, super high burst of energy and like, go, go, go. And that's the same thing with cross-country skiing. And I mean, that when I went to the Olympics uh, to go watch, I'll put that in big, I watched the Olympics. <laughs> Which <laughs> in- one did you go to? Uh, I went to uh, Park City up in Utah. Oh. So yeah. we watch, cross- I raced her. So I probably saw you on the cross-country course.
1: Maybe. maybe.
0: <laughs> uh, but I remember, it, I mean, there, there's no snack breaks. There's no, there's no water. You can't carry. I mean, it's full gas. And the one thing that I remember was watching people turn themselves inside out. Like, I, I mean, yes, I've seen it in cycling. But that moment of watching people at the Olympics in cross-country, I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen the look <laughs> of sheer exhaustion on someone's face like I have that day. Um, and it's pretty powerful. I mean, you've, you've been there. Like you've, that, it, did you feel like that was an easy transition into doing cross because you've had that like all out, 100% full effort of your body or was it a whole new world again?
1: No, it was like I at this point I was a cyclist for a few years, but mountain biking was more in that like two hours, two and a half hours kind of effort. You know, mountain biking is much shorter now. The cross country, the traditional cross country mountain biking is in that an hour, an hour and a half window now. But when I started, I actually kind of had to build that endurance. That was that was something I was lacking. But from Day one, I was really good at short track because once again, that was kind of the top and speed that I was quite familiar with. And then once I discovered cyclocross, I felt like that was uh, that was the sport I've been looking for all this time because you know it was fun to ride through mud. It was a really great environment. Uh, it was short, intense. Uh, I didn't even mind the cold at first, coming from like ski background I was like it's not cold this is fine now I don't like to be cold anymore something to do with aging I think but uh so yeah I I really 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 liked it and I like the challenge of just riding a rigid bike with skinny tires through any kind of conditions I think it's I think it's really fun I know it's not for everybody but it's been definitely fun sport for me (laughs)
0: I've tried it a couple of times. I love the fun level of it. Mostly the stuff I was doing was the DFL cross-dress series. So you bring a six pack of beer, you wear a a ladies tutu and you get to enter. It's
1: pretty funny you mentioned that because um, apparently it's been going on for a really long time. And I finally did my first one this September, I think, or early October. And I mean, like it doesn't get any better, right? Like I got on the BART on the East Bay, with my bike, rode to the race, uh, just had a great time riding around, all these men dressed up in dress, <laughs> and then and then proceeded to ride back to the BART station with a couple of them through San Francisco. Yeah. They're still dressed up in their costumes, you know, and uh, I was just like, this is such a perfect San Francisco day that, you know, it's, doesn't get better.
0: <laughs> it's totally outlaw races, right? And sometimes, the park rangers show up. So imagine two park rangers showing up to that and like 85 people scattering in different directions wearing tutus <laughs> and French maids outfits. And I mean, it's absolutely, they don't even know what to do. They just stand yeah. there. And, just like, they just and that's down. like,
1: once again, like that's what I love about cycling because, you know, if I want to be serious and I've had plenty of time to do that, I will travel and race the World Cup, the World Championship. But there is everything from DFL to, um, you know, to that, everything in between, and we just choose what we want to do, you know, and my, I mean, I think why I'm keeping cy- cycling still fun and enjoy it is the, is the ability to mix both of those worlds, you know, like you don't have to do one or other, or, you know, you can choose and do whatever you want. So that's pretty cool.
0: And you've been doing a lot, I mean, you've been riding a lot more gravel lately. I mean, where you live is pretty epic for gravel riding. I mean, there's unlimited, you know, gravel roads, but also, let's be honest, there's great mountain biking up there, too. I mean, you can't beat it. What, what do you think of how gravel is becoming such a massive, massive part? I mean, for me, it's kind of, I laugh. I love it. I mean, I've ridden my road bike on the dirt prior to having a gravel bike, We've all done it, we've all taken the sneak routes or ridden on gravel roads. I mean, for crying out loud, the Tour de France was rid- originally ridden on gravel roads. <laughs> but it, it's so interesting how that the paradigms changed and it, it, there's all the big jokes like Gravel, which is ultimately a cross bike with slacker geometry, or some people are saying it's like the old rigid mountain bikes, which is what I kind of believe. It's like riding an old rigid mountain bike all over again and having to pick your line. <laughs> I mean, are you enjoying that part as much as you have enjoyed mountain bike racing and um cyclocross or is it just you know you're just seeing it as another passing through way
1: i personally love riding all kinds of bikes and like if i go back to that you know where i live so if you ask me five years ago i'd be like whatever gravel bikes like i can ride my cross bike or road bike but once i get proper uh gravel bike, which was the, uh, specialized diverge with a little bit of like suspension. Uh, and suddenly I am in a community where I live for 20 years and exploring totally new routes, right? Like we have great mountain biking. We have very limited road riding, um, around Truckee, not enough roads, but there is this Unexplored world of gravel, where I don't mind to be ten miles on the pavement. I don't mind to come back, ripping down some trails, and this bike is capable on all of it. And I'm, you know, I've got bigger tires. So I got a little bit of suspension. I've got enough uh, storage for snacks, or I just bring my camel back, and like you can go all day long. So it's like, it is still the same but it allows you to go different places if that makes sense because before i wouldn't ride my road bike that far because you would probably get a flat tire on the stuff i ride now i also wouldn't ride my mountain bike to those places because it's no fun to ride mountain bike on the pavement or even gravel road i think you know like i don't really enjoy it so um, having the drop bar bike opened up a whole new world for me of, of terrain. And I really, really enjoy where the bikes are heading. And I I think it's, I don't know, I think the industry is doing a really good job. And once again, like everybody can choose whatever they want to do, but I've definitely enjoyed my gravel bike and, um, it helped me to, to get to whole new places. They're not that far, you know, like there is so much stuff. From you know, 20 miles radius of Truckee that I maybe never ridden my bike, and now I can go there, and so it's pretty cool.
0: Are you are you thinking about doing more gravel races upcoming, or are you going to try to play? And because there's <laughs> you know, and if you want to talk about it or not, but as we know, um, Team Cliff is disbanding, right? And after many many years, which is a bummer. <laughs> And you can tell me to pound sand if you don't want to say anything about
1: it. <laughs> no, no, there's no secret. So yeah, uh, the team that I've been part of for 20 years, it's uh, its ending. And uh, I've been, um, you know, so fortunate. Like I couldn't thank Cliff Bar enough for all the opportunities. And I've raced all around the world with their support, whether it was mountain biking or cycling. Across, I've done a little bit of road domestically. i just done all the cool things, and uh, I wasn't ready to hang up my wheels, you know. So I've uh, been kind of working with a uh, bunch of the team sponsors to see how we can proceed and if they would continue to sponsor me. And things are things are looking pretty good. I'm putting my like uh, my own thing together, which is a new experience, and it's been uh, challenging for sure because I. I've been part of this structure that, you know, we really were there to race for most part. Um, And none of that equipment, none of the, you know, travel and those things, like, we didn't really deal with that. Like, I mean, yes, you, you still deal with things here and there, but like, for most part, like Cliff Protein was definitely run as a very professional team. And we had the time to focus on just our performance. So, uh, yeah, so it's a little bit of a, uh, new world for me, but I, I do enjoy it. And obviously gravel is a big part of the domestic scene, um, which that that's my focus. I'm kind of like, um, happy to just raise domestically and not really travel the world as much anymore as I used to. So yeah, I'll do a little bit of dra- gravel, but you know, I'm not, I'm not really that into be like just gravel racer or just mountain biker or just cross racer. I like to kind of mix it up because it's more fun and interesting. So yeah, I'll definitely be at more races, but I don't have a set schedule right now. And, um, just, just hoping that like lost and found comes back some of the local stuff. And I'm always super excited about grasshoppers, but I also like do cross and then I want to ski and then everybody's been doing these miles and I've been like, Train like racing for an hour and warm up for half an hour and then you called and you go home so you never have like the baseball. So those are challenging, especially like the early early season, but I'm hoping to jump in few few of those once again because the community is just just the best and you know it's anything local uh, I want to be part of so
0: they're super fun. I mean grasshoppers are definitely one of my favorites. I unfortunately can't go to the first one. I've already looked at my calendar and I can't go. I'm taking my son to look at a college. So um, parenting, yeah, <laughs> parenting, parenting is getting in the way, but that's okay. Cause that's my job. Um, so with now I, I, give everybody an idea of training for you, like, and what that was to get where, where, you know, you've had a, a really, really powerful 20 year career of cycling. That's just a, Let's just put that's just the cycling part. I'm going to put that little box over here <laughs> and then you have this other whole. I mean, you were cross country racing, you know, and and that was a whole other career. Then you transitioned to cycling. So you've had two massive, extremely successful sporting careers. And I want to I'd love for you to give everybody a little taste of how much work goes into that, because I don't think. It's really understood how much time and energy. And, and I had a really interesting conversation with somebody earlier in, you know, cycling is selfish, right? You have to be selfish to get where you wanna be. And I say the same thing about my career. It's a very selfish career yet we're giving nonstop, right? It's selfish to get where you wanna be <laughs> because you're just always at work and you're always working hard to get to this end means. So, it would be really great if you could explain to everybody how much time and energy you put in to that first career as a cross country skier and then the transition and how much you had to change and augment your training and then reevaluate yourself and then do it all over again because that's those are two big massive jumps.
1: Yeah, I mean like being professional athlete it's uh like for me it's been the best fit as far as like career goes. I I definitely knew as a kid that a lot of other things did not interest me. I, you know, I went to school, I did okay. Eventually came to the United States and, you know, like actually completed university in second language. So I've done fine. If I'm motivated, I do fine, you know, but like sitting at the computer, or reading a book, like as a kid, that was a, torture you know I, I guess we didn't have computers but back then so like it's more it's more like right now sitting with the computer's torture but uh, so I always been like so much more into being outdoors but you know realize that you need education and you need get to through school hope the kids are listening out there get your college degree kids uh, and uh yeah I came to U.S. on the skiing scholarship and you know at the time I didn't really realize what a what a great life decision that was just uh, getting the education uh for free uh very nice uh benefit of being a fast gear and and just the opportunity i had ever since by you know by relocating to california and meeting right people at the right time and meeting uh essentially landing a spot on the luna pro team and so it's been uh it's been a lot of good life choices, but they, you know, they only came because I put in the work and I I definitely grew up in that, uh, post-communist era in Eastern Europe where athletics was still given so much, uh, focus because, you know, like during communism, like all these little countries like Czechoslovakia, where I grew up, they, they couldn't really be the world players in so many uh the ways you know because like a lot of the smart people they left the country emigrated because they they weren't given the freedom to to do what they wanted to do under the communist regime and the athletes were kind of like really only only ones that could perform on the world stage they were allowed to travel and they were allowed to train and so it's like every every little East European country has been very into their athletes. And, you know, so even though I I kind of caught the end of the communist era and everything changed, luckily, uh, there's still that infrastructure that it was very easy. If you were talented and motivated and chose sports, it was easy pathway, you know, because like I joined a club as a little kid and every fall we went to... Uh, to the office and there were skis lined up and you just found the skis that fit your height. And, you know, so you didn't have to go buy all this equipment and there were coaches and they would, you know, they would drive, we would go in super old bus to every ski race. And sometimes we made it, sometimes we had to run to the finish, (laughs) to the start of the race. Like, so it was it was pretty easy. The entryway was much easier than it is these days, you know, like, uh, the equipment's expensive and, um, obviously the parents have to get involved heavily to help the kids to get to the best competition. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, once again, I just, I just like running around and riding bikes and skiing and playing and, you know, chasing faster people around. Like I am, I was born in December and, uh, December kids or fall kids are like, you know, like my first 10 year of my life was like always chasing this girl who was born in January. She was always a year older, you know? And so <laughs> I think it just made me like this tough little kid that just wanted to catch the girl because we're the same age, but we, you know, we were not the same age, so to speak. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It was it was good. I started very young, probably 5 with gymnastics and then added skiing and we did track and field and road bikes and I always liked diversity and trying new things and uh and then things got pretty serious as far as training when I went to ski academy for high school, 14 to 18. That's when like uh there was still a lot of fun, but there was a structured training and, you know, uh kind of focused on what we were doing it was no longer just running around having fun all the time but even that it was always fun for me and then transition into cycling and I really realized like I didn't know that much about cycling uh because when I came here to college I I could kind of like coach myself for skiing because I was like sort of training harder than most people (laughs) on the team so um uh, once I did make the switch in, uh, it's been almost 25. So it's like, um, now for the first time I'm training for cycling, uh, you know, I didn't really know, like, I just didn't know what to do. You know, it was very different training than skiing. So I eventually got a coach and work with the same guy for a really, really long time. And I kind of went from that cyclist who could go for an hour and then, be done, blow up on the side of the trail, dropping 15 spots to, to being a good mount biker for, you know, world cup and hitting top 10 and eventually winning the world cups. And uh, so it's, I don't know, like so many hours, so many years of work, but I always try to keep it like, um, balance, you know, I'm not, I'm not like the person who's going to go like, crazy for two months and then be exhausted for three months. So it's like balance approach, listening to your body, knowing your body. Luckily, like power meter came into my uh, world pretty late in my career. And I, you know, at that point I knew my body so well, so I could Add that as an effective tool, not just that tool that's going to frustrate you every three seconds because you're not holding the power that somebody told you to. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, just continue to learn about the training, but a uh, very, very balanced approach, especially now, especially like during COVID and post COVID. Like, I went back to just doing more riding than structure training, and it really I don't know. It really seems to be a good fit for me. And uh, you know, I challenge myself plenty in the races, like competing with people that are 20 years younger uh is hard. <laughs> but I keep trying and uh, you know, hopeful that my endurance and experience will work out at some of these events. So um yeah, I know it's kind of a long answer, uh, but I've had a long career and I've definitely been fortunate to to figure out myself what works for me and work with some great people and have a good support to to make it this far
0: well what you know what i'm hearing which is really really important is you surrounded yourself with people to guide you when you didn't have the answers instead of making them up and i think that's a really powerful thing to know when you don't have the right answers and ask for help and i think that's a huge measure of success, you know, when you, the measure of everyone's success is, is being able to solve problems, right, and and to move forward with that, and, you know, I think that's a big learning step for a lot of people, and learning to reach out and say, hey, I don't know what I'm doing, or can you guide me to get to the next level, and I think that's, I had to do that in my career, cooking, I didn't know, I mean, that's why I read all these books, you know, and it's, <laughs> uh, it, it, it comes with practice, and over and over again, repetition and education, so, I think that's a really, really, you know, great answer. Like, it's just straight up. You're, just, you're being yeah, honest. Yeah,
1: like, I, you know, I think, uh, I mean, with social media, people can feel like, oh, yeah, you just in a couple of years, you have it all figured out because there are people that are very successful at super young age, which you know, the number of the younger athletes that are so successful, it's much smaller than the more mature athletes, but even these athletes that have become world champions at you know, let's say 18, 19, some of these kids been doing the work for a really, really long time. You know, they've been on this specific path of being, um, you know, just, just being mountain bikers or road racers or, you know, so it's, Yes. For some people, very talented people, it's quite possible to, to achieve all the great things early in their career, but I kind of enjoyed like taking my time and just chipping it, chipping away at it. (laughs) I mean, obviously changing uh, sport in my early twenties, it's kind of like, I never reach, I never reached my skiing potential. You know, I left that sport very young. So, um, it's hard to tell how far I would have gotten with it but it was kind of neat to start all over and have so much to learn and so much to kind of uh figure out and in a way I mean I think that's why I'm still bike racing and bike riding because it's like learning's never done you know like the day you kind of figure out and I'm sure it's the same for you with cooking like the day you're not excited to try some new recipe or come up with new idea, you'd be like, ah, I should probably move on and do something different with my life, <laughs> you know.
0: It's boring, so yeah. Be exactly.
1: Boring. So I think it's kind of like, I mean, I just finished uh a race in Michigan called Iceman uh this weekend, and it's typically very fast to the finish, and we had Group of seven this year, like it was you know, it was like dry year, and it was super fast and it was like really good group of strong women out there and I got third, which was great, but like for two, three days, you keep thinking like, man, could I play the finish a little differently to win the race? you know, and that's that's what's so cool about cycling and uh, I don't know, like I mean, I was happy to be on the podium, but at the same time, like you analyze what you did in the race and what you could have done differently. And it's like, here I am. I've been in those kind of scenarios so many times, yet there's not perfect formula. So I think that's that's the biggest point with sports. It's like there's no formula to do it perfectly. Like you got to find your own way, your own path. Uh, your own success and define what that means. You know, it's a different thing for everybody and and keep keep evolving and and having fun because I think people take it too seriously. Like, you know, <laughs> that's not good.
0: <laughs> I think it's, you know, I, was, I I said to somebody the other day, you know, bikes were the first first way you could get the farthest away from your parents, right? You couldn't hear them yell to say, come back home for dinner. And there was that moment of freedom, right? You're like far away. That's a powerful feeling, right? It's like, I love that part of a bike is that it makes you yeah. get piled all over again.
1: Yeah. And it's like, I touched on that in my presentation the other day uh, for UCI and it was just like so sad because we're you know talking about the global warming and that's exactly that feeling that everybody describes about bike, right? But it kind of goes away as soon as people get a car. and now they traded that that feeling for convenience and how can we bring that back to fight these crises? You know, because essentially we need more people commute by bike, and we have every kind of bike there is these days. You don't even have to really pedal them hard, so there's no excuse on that, right? True. So, um you know, I love the technology and electric cars and all of that, but we just really need more people to get back on the bicycle and like skip that mile, two miles commute uh, and replace it by something environmentally more friendly. And the bike is such a perfect tool. Uh, the other piece to that is the, it's how we get treated on the road you know which is i think that's ultimately the biggest challenge for every cyclist out there or everybody who's considering to get on the bike and commuting by bike is like how am i going to get treated by cars and i don't know i i, I wish i had some exp- like good idea for that like how can we change that mindset but i don't right now But i'm going to keep thinking cuz i think that's a that's a crucial piece if we want to be successful and we want to pr- protect this planet is it's changed the driver's perception of cyclists, you know, like I'm sure you've seen these videos where it's like, like everybody stops for a cute bear crossing the road with the cubs and you know, there's cars both directions and everybody's filming it and it's the cutest thing ever. and then you're like, I mean, I love animals. Of course I would stop for bears and stuff or any kind of animal crossing. But like if you compare that to a cyclist, how many of these drivers would be like, get out of my way? I'm gonna hit you, you know? <laughs> so it's like, how can we value that cyclist life as as anything out as everything out there on the road? You know, how can we go back to like sharing that road without, you know?
0: animosity. without
1: Exactly. Yeah. So. And I think it's a
0: really, really important piece because we have so many people who want to commute. We have people that are afraid to get in entanglements with vehicles or have arguments with folks in cars. But I think that you're right. The people that are driving, that are getting frustrated with people on, on bikes have forgotten that they once rode a bike. They were those people prior to getting a license. And I think it's learning to understand how to work together i mean it's just another mode of transportation some people can't afford a car and they have to ride a bike to work so
1: yeah what, what's
0: bad about them so i think that but
1: others choose to do that right like others like put on a raincoat and it will commute by bike every single day because that's what they want to do and 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 then there's us the, the athletes like they're Days I don't touch my car because I can start my work from the house, right? I get on my bike and I just ride back to the house and I never get in the car, you know? And I think that's kind of cool, you know.
0: It is. It's great. (laughs) So I like to do a little game. There's no wrong answers. It's just a quick and you're
1: gonna make me think.
0: You're gonna have to think, but it's all fun stuff, I promise. I think you'll I think you'll dig this one. All right, you ready? I'm ready. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Espresso. Cappuccino. Cappuccino. Red or white wine. Oh.
1: I I have to pick one. I guess red. Light. I like them both.
0: You <laughs> like light or dark beer?
1: Um I am. I am not good Czech. Don't tell anybody, but I don't drink much beer. <laughs> I <I'm> have embarrassment <laughs> for the Czech society. <laughs> I, I actually like Belgium beer, but you know, definitely lighter beer. I can't handle IPA. Like I can't even finish IPA, so. <laughs> I, moved, I moved here, um, you know, early twenties and I drank Mexican beer here and there. I went back home, so proud of myself. Dad, I can drink beer, you know. And we went out for beer, your traditional Czech beer. Yeah, not good. Did not impress dad.
0: (laughs) Okay, Uh, beef beef or pork? uh, Beef. Okay, nigiri, sashimi. Sashimi. Sea urchin or caviar? Oh,
1: caviar! <laughs> I don't like searching much. I landed few times. Maybe I need to try again. But uh, yeah, caviar—it's good.
0: Lobster or crab?
1: Uh, lobster.
0: Okay, hamburger, or hot dog. Hamburger. <laughs> hot or- dogs.
1: Hot dogs questionable. I I grew up in the Eastern Europe and. I I don't even eat a whole lot of meat because it that's so much questionable meat that like deli meat. I I still don't eat deli meat. Like, you know, (laughs) Uh, hot hot dog. If there is like, you know, like for those that traveled in Europe, like, you know, you can get delicious meal at any gas station, right? Like uh, just salad, soup, whatever homemade that day in the U S if it's like, I mean, if you're starving, right, and you stop at the gas station, you're like, "What should I eat?" I have purchased Cliff Bars. Wearing a Cliff Bar T-shirt because I refuse to get that hot dog. And people look at me like, "Why are you buying Cliff Bars?" I'm like, "Because they're delicious. Much better than the hot dogs."
0: <laughs> oh my god, that is so funny. Oh, okay, ketchup or mustard? Uh, ketchup. Really? That's a shock. I would have never. <laughs>
1: I'm just big fan of tomatoes. And I know, like, that's really far away from heirloom tomato uh, ketchup. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm a big fan of tomatoes. Mustard's great too. But yeah, definitely ketchup.
0: Pasta or noodles?
1: Um, like, what? Like, noodles, like, isn't that the same thing? Pasta noodle? Well, it depends.
0: I guess. Like, when right. I think pasta, I think more like Italian style pastas. Or noodles, I'm thinking like pho, ramen. Yeah, yeah, ramen. Noodles, yep.
1: stuff like that. No- noodles, yeah. Noodles? Mm-hmm.
0: Dumpling or ravioli?
1: Uh, Dumpling.
0: Burrito? Tacos.
1: Oh, tacos. I'm making tacos tonight. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice.
1: <laughs> I like this game because I feel like you will know my preference and you like, assembling all this knowledge to cook me dinner one day.
0: Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Next time you're up in the Valley visiting with Gary and Kit, we can make that happen at the restaurant. How's that sound? That's,
1: that sounds great, yeah. I'm a big, um, big fan of others cooking dinner.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, last one. Chocolate or fruit? Ooh.
1: That's hard because I really like both. But I guess there's more variety to fruit, so I'll stick with fruit. It's not the same every day. <laughs> there's okay. variety to chocolate too, but yeah, I'll go with fruit.
0: I'm I'm definitely more fruit person too. So, how are people going to know what's going on with you now? Like where are they going to see this new change and what's happening now that Cliff <laughs> has moved you know you're going to be moving to do different things um where's the best way for people to follow you and find out
1: probably instagram i would say i'm the most active on instagram Uh, i try to participate on twitter but i mainly read twitter i don't contribute much (laughs) so yeah definitely instagram
0: um awesome well yeah i'm super excited to be able to chat with you and um I really think what you have to offer this younger generation, I mean, you're seeing so many women's cycling has changed dramatically, which I'm very excited to see. I'm really excited to see equal payouts happening. There needs to be more of it. There needs to be more women on bikes. To be honest, I have more fun when I'm out riding with the likes of you and Serena and the whole gang, you know, Lauren Hall, it's just way more fun.
1: Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll get back together. And I, yeah, hopefully i can make it back to to the um spacing on the event now
0: campo, campo, velo.
1: campo velo of course yeah yeah hopefully we can bring the you know bring the race back out there and uh get the yeah, gang. i the gang back together and, yeah i think like bikes and good food and wine like it doesn't get much better than that so <laughs>
0: Well, Katerina, thank you so much for taking time. I really appreciate it. I know you've got uh, you've got some tacos to make, and uh, <laughs> hopefully, uh, you were able to get some miles in today. And uh, I look forward to catching up with you again soon.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's revisit the dinner topic one of these days.
0: I got. I <laughs> that's a deal. I that's a deal. Done. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. (laughs)